0: Good morning everyone, and welcome to our service this morning, whether you're with us here in church or you're at home, you're very, very welcome for joining us. I want to also welcome back into our pulpit, Reverend Colin McGaw. He's no stranger to us now, I reckon Colin's been with us about eight months now, Colin, as our vacancy convener. And uh, in that time he has done an enormous amount of work for us, but I'm also pleased to tell you that he's going to have a break. So he's going to take some time off during the next month and perhaps some in August. But that doesn't mean that he won't be available if required and if you need a minister in those times, if you contact me, I will have the ability to contact Colin. So you're very, very welcome back this morning, Colin. Thank you. Uh, Announcements are few this morning. Uh, Sunday Club will not meet during the month of July, uh, but the Bible class will meet as usual during July. The men's breakfast yesterday had 21 men attending and that was excellent, but I'd like to encourage others to come. The next men's breakfast will be the first Saturday in August, so gentlemen, please, please come and join us. And if your husband isn't here, encourage him to join us as well. That would be great. The barbecue which was postponed will be on the first Sunday in August, so that's a reminder about the barbecue. And there will be a brief Kirk session meeting after the service this morning. So that's a reminder to members of session. And finally, tomorrow, being Monday, Jim and Kim will be in their spots as usual. So it's 12 to 1 for Jim and 9 to 10.30 for Kim. Those are the announcements this morning. Colin, my pleasure and privilege to invite you to leader service. Thank you.
1: morning everybody.
2: Good to see you, good to be here with you today. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing with you. It um, was a, a real pleasure and privilege to be with you uh, last Sunday on Children and Young People's Day. Um, I think we all noticed how the dynamic can be deeply affected when you have children and young people with you in the, in the church and. Um, I think that uh, surely we're near the stage where we can get back to a greater form of, of uh, being together and uh, being more uh, of, a, of a spirit of uh, moving forward um, in our congregations. Uh, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. This is God's word. It is our prompt to praise him and to give thanks to him. So we're going to join together in the uh, first praise. Here is love vast as the ocean. have an opportunity to bow together for prayer as we approach in the spirit of praise and thanksgiving let's bow together
1: gracious father God we seek to be a people of humble and submissive heart we approach you with
2: a deep sense of gratitude We recognize, O God, your name and your nature. And we confess that we know enough to know
1: that the bended knee is the best way to come before you, the living God, with praise and adoration,
2: to give you all glory and honor, as the creator and the sustainer of all things seen and unseen father god thank you for your love that refuses to let us go for your salvation plan that reached into us in the love and the mercy of our lord jesus christ and for the strengthening power of your holy spirit with and within us each and every day and night and so lord in our believing we have reached out to receive you personally as in an embrace where you Reach to us so, Lord God, we respond. We reach back in our lives. We receive the gift that you have given to us in Jesus, knowing that if there had been any other way to be right with you, that you would not have given your precious
1: Son to the cross. so convinced of your love. We are not shy to say that you have converted
2: us in faith to be members of your family upon this earth. Lord, help us to be people of your Spirit, people of your Word, People of your family, children of God,
1: adopted. So, Lord,
2: accept our praises, we pray. Imperfect as we are in ourselves, yet trusting in the ministry of the love that cleanses us and refuses. To push us away, but draws us closer and closer.
1: Be our strength and our help and our shield and our song. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: So this song comes from Mission Praise, and if you were opening books today, it'd be number 18. going to come up on the screen for you all over the world the spirit is moving
1: we have our first reading now
2: from God's Word and uh, we have this reading from Psalm number one by Rita Rayleigh
3: joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with scoffers but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants day and night they think about his law they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do they prosper. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked
1: leads to destruction. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you uh, Rita.
2: I know with Sunday Club being off that uh, quite a few of our boys and girls will be tuning in uh, with us today and uh, we're delighted to see uh, some in church as well. It's lovely to see uh, folk now coming out and being part of the fellowship in church I want to thank you for all the fun uh, and uh, all the spontaneous uh, humour and so on that we were enjoying last week. It was great, great fun. And I think also we, we were learning a lot last week as boys and girls and as a church family. Because we were concluding, weren't we, that the boys and girls were the heroes, they were the stars. And as we focused on um, the boy Samuel, uh, and as we focused on the little boy with his lunch of fish and loaves, we we were concluding that the young people in, in those stories were the heroes. Samuel was willing to listen to God's word, to God's voice. He was willing to learn all about God. And so whenever we go into Sunday Club and into Youth Fellowship and into all these different uh, youth opportunities, when we are at CSSM and Summer Scheme and so on, will we be a listening uh, boy? Will we be a listening girl? Will we be open to listen and to learn all about Jesus and his love? Because if our ears are closed... Or if we allow ourselves to be thinking all over the place then I suppose it follows that we won't hear not really hear what people are teaching us and sharing with us about Jesus important things about God's love and God's goodness so Samuel was willing to listen really listen to what God was saying speak Lord because I'm listening i am listening i've decided to listen and i want to hear uh, your voice and the the little boy with his lunch willing to willing to come on the invitation uh, of of andrew willing to bring his little lunch to be blessed not every boy or girl would do that sure it's not especially if you've got your favorite flavor of crisps and Mother we treat there in your lunchbox. Come on and bring that over. Do we all share it? Some of us would be like Billy Whiz and out as quick as we could go. But that little boy was willing, and Jesus wants us to be willing to share the little that we have. To understand that He can multiply small seemingly ordinary conversations about him he is well able to multiply the effect and the impact of all that he's doing so for the boys and girls and for us all as a church family and building on our thoughts last week therefore the the little recap there um, i'm asking as to how we can work out more and more in our everyday lives as children and young people and as grown-ups too, uh, as to how we can be willing and use our willingness for Jesus, how we can use our listening. So I I noticed last week just when I was asking during the quiz time, uh, you know, questions about the Bible, how fast our young people were on their phones, super slick weren't they? Looking up very fast the various areas of Scripture in 1st in Samuel and in John's Gospel, they were like lightning. So I reckon that it, there may be some of them at home now and phones at the ready and, and, and getting ready to, to think. So, if you were to
1: look up Psalm number 8... And verse 2.
2: I wonder would you land on something that might help us by way of a verse, help us to, uh, to understand how we can uh, be good listeners to Jesus and, and willingly bring to him our lives for Jesus to use. And here's a verse I think is going to help us. Psalm number 8 verse 2. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. I landed on that verse. I thought, yeah, you know, that's something that, that we glide through, especially if we're reading Psalm number eight and we go, yeah, children are very important. Jesus can use the innocence of a child. Remember when he lifted a child up and he talked about childlike faith? Remember that one? And uh, here, from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise, because children can say things that are very trusting. Uh, I remember the time when my kids were so endorsing, you know, it was just that Daddy's My Hero stage. You remember that stage, fellas? It passed you by then, you see, it, it moved on, but there was a stage... You know, my dad says, and uh, you know, and so that was was something that was a great phase in life, and I don't think they say that now, do they? Uh Uh-huh, nobody can do it like my dad. My dad's bigger than your dad. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. There's something about the innocence of childlike faith that God loves. You know, God says it, children are listening. If they're given the opportunity, children are listening. You know, if we as as grown-ups give our children, our young people, the opportunity to come to CSSM, to come to Sunday Club, to be under his word, then children are like sponges. I mean, there's a whole system of education uh, based on the fact that Maria Montessori, uh, for example, she was a big person into the fact that, you know, children are so open, they are so receiving of the messages as children, and very often that doesn't leave them. Very often it doesn't leave them. You can have big grown-up people in, in situations and even not having been to church for a long time, but because they were at Sunday school, boys' brigade, girls' brigade, guides, and so on, you can hear them trusting, singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Comes back. They know enough to know that they need to invest their trust in Jesus. Am I right in saying that there's a wee sweetie out there in the sweet shops called uh, Perry Lips? Oh yeah, I thought I'd be on a winner there,
1: cherry lips. How many of you have ever tasted cherry lips?
2: They're really nice, aren't they? You can't just have one cherry lip, sure you can't, you have to have, have you ever had a cherry lip? Yes, you've had cherry, well you're due a, a quarter of cherry lips out of the big jar up there not that right that's where most of you got your cherry lips yes my my sisters have uh, sisters who are twins Jenny and heather and uh i had an uncle who used to every time he came he would bring a wee paper bag of of sweets what do you call the wee tiny 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 ones the wee round balls you remember those and i had a sister who used to open up the packet Of Tom
1: Thumbs would you like one
2: would you you like one well thank you very much and we'd get a wee one (laughs) wonderful (laughs) he was the same girl who used to leave her chicken leg to the end of dinner time and she would eat more slowly than the rest of us and we were still ready for more but my mother would not let us leave the table until everyone had finished and then she would really turn the heat up you would just salt that wee chicken leg a little bit more and, oh, it was cruel. It was cruel for the rest of us. How can we use our lips
1: for Jesus? That's
2: where we're at. When we're taking Psalm 8 uh, verse 2 seriously, God is recognizing from the lips of ch- children and infants you can ordain praise. I think that as we use our lips to talk to Jesus praying that's really great for children young people just open up just to God the way you want to talk I think we can learn about prayer that way you know prayer doesn't have to be what big you words can I use to impress God
1: he's God after all
2: you know like a son of man of mine who came me before he was going to sit his uh, DCSEs a couple of months before he says dad give me 20 big words you know like the kind of words you would use and uh, so we were saying things like well you don't say I think in an exam you know examiners aren't into I think they uh, many scholars would
1: seem to suggest (laughs) and else dad
2: we went through a few wee bits and pieces. And uh and uh, it's stood to him. <laughs> but talking talking to Jesus normally, the way we feel, Lord, I something I really need to talk to you about. God saying this is prayer. God, I, I want to tell you how much I love you and appreciate everything that you've done for me i don't know those big words i just want to tell you from deep in here thank you for sending jesus for me you know god's saying this
1: is prayer that god's saying cut through the red tape would you
2: talk to me enjoy me love me from from the lips of children and infants we have a model we we can ordain praise singing our songs happily You notice that children, I have noticed, you guys don't sing songs by half measure. You're all in there for their actions, you're doing them, you're singing, you're swaying, you're waving, you're doing all the bits and pieces. And when it says in the song, going to turn all around, you're not like the five five eights Presbyterian minister who goes, you know, You actually turn all around. I don't know what it is about not ironing the back of your shirt, but it, you know, it's sort of, you turn all around. You're in there, you're enthusiastic, from the lips of children and infants we can ordain praise. And telling our friends about Jesus, that's really important. Um, you know, I was at Sunday school last week and we were learning this and that and the other. You will be surprised just how much other children and young people will be interested in that and will be really keen to hear more about that. And that, that's, that's good, that's important, telling our cousins, telling our, our, our families at home all about him. You see, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. God does something with the little offerings that seem so ordinary, he takes them. That little tom thumb, he takes it and he uses it for his, his kingdom. Then here's something. Here is something I think is, is going to fit with what we're thinking about today. Mums and dads and grannies and grandpas love a wee hug, don't they? They love a wee hug. But there's, there's a phase at which. Now, go on, give your granny a
1: kiss. What?
2: give your give your grand a wee hug I'm growing up now well you see there you are we we learn from children young people so demonstrative so loving so trusting don't ever lose the hero stage you know where you're my hero granny you're my hero grandpa dad Mum. My heroes, no matter how old you get, there's still our heroes who need our love and our embrace and our reassurance that we love them. God likes that, too. God doesn't ever want us to grow up through Sunday school and so on, and then suddenly, pff, I'm all grown up now. Don't need to be doing with that sort of stuff. God says, "No, no, no. Continue your childlike faith, continue your love and continue to bring me glory through the way you use your lips in life
1: so let's just offer a short prayer for
2: the boys and girls father again we just remember our children we thank you for this verse in psalm number eight that really helps us to understand that you ordain Praise through a childlike faith. Forgive us sometimes, Lord, when as, as grown-ups, we can be childish in the wrong sense, but help us, Lord, never to lose the childlike, that spirit of trusting, that openness, that, Lord, you're our hero. You always will be. What you've done for us, we just want to bring you glory and honour and praise. lord be with the boys and girls throughout their summer holidays may all these different opportunities to play and have fun be great lord may other opportunities to be in little camps or to have friends around lord may that be just super too but may you always be for us our number one In Jesus' precious name we pray for all the boys and girls throughout the world and we ask that you will be their help and their strength and their encouragement in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we have a a hymn now um, that I think the the children and the grown-ups will enjoy, What a Wonderful Saviour Is Jesus.
1: Lorraine Wilson is going to come and read for us from Galatians chapter 5. Slight change of plan. I see a Linda coming forward.
2: Lorraine had an experience with her tornado ejector seat there a wee minute ago.
3: (laughs) So the readings uh, is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. As for you, my brothers, you were called to be free, but do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. For the whole law is summed up in one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you act like wild animals, hurting and harming each other, then watch out, or you will completely destroy one another. What I say is this, let the spirit direct your lives, And you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants, and what the spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies, and this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the spirit leads you, then you are not subject to the law. What human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself in immoral, filthy and indecent actions in worship of idols and witchcraft. People become enemies and they fight. They become jealous, angry, and ambitious. They separate into parties and groups. They are envious, get drunk, have orgies, and do other things like these. I warn you now, as I have before, those who do these things will not possess the kingdom of God. But the spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness faithfulness humility and self-control there is no law against such things as these those who belong to christ jesus have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires the spirit has given us life he must be in control of our lives we must not be proud or irritate with one another or
1: be jealous of one another amen Thank you very much, Linda. Um,
2: I remember conducting a service uh, up north in another presbytery, and uh, uh, there was a situation there where it was—remember those wooden chairs with the metal frames—and um, it was it was an occasion of a ch- children's whatever, and in came and a lady came in and went straight through the seat. And we couldn't get her out. No matter how much we tried, we couldn't get that lady out. And she was stuck in that metal frame for the whole service. And I can remember her looking up because she was in the choir area and I can remember her looking up at me saying, Please do something. And uh, we were we were having great fun and um, of course you you can't expect any mercy in a situation like that sure you can't really but um, as long as nobody is hurt that's the main thing father we pray for your blessing and your encouragement as we come to your word today and as we seek to consider uh, the fruit of the spirit we pray lord god that you will speak to us uh, deeply from your truth, O oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I can put this first sentence two ways. I can either say, I was here in your church last Monday on vacancy business, or I can say I was shown one of your candidates round. And, and I was drawn to this really beautiful banner. It was the first time that I'd seen it, and I was trying to think goodness did I not notice that one last Sunday Um, because you have the most wonderful banners there was the dove and the Pentecost message and then uh, this one I noticed last last Monday Um, and uh, I was really taken by this banner and I, I, I was so taken by it I felt right there and then I think I I sort of spoke out loud about the, the banner. Oh, isn't that lovely? I really, I really appreciate that, um, that banner. And uh, I just felt I had a, a prompt as to what I should speak about today. So I'm going to save some of that series that I've been doing with you about symbolism from the Old Testament. It gives me the opportunity also to thank uh, Rene on your behalf, Rene McCracken, and your former deaconess Jenny Clegg and there are probably others who have been involved in the making of banners and I, I, I don't know that, forgive me for not them saying your name, but you have over the years had the vision and you've invested the time in designing and sewing these beautiful banners um, portraying Bible messages uh, of encouragement and of God's truth. And you know, we will never in our congregations, in the many different types of services that we have um, in our churches, we will never know how many people have been comforted or guided or inspired by a verse or a depiction on one of our our banners never underestimate um i think it'd be rather expensive to keep changing your stained glass windows but uh, you you know you have a wonderful opportunity and i think that's what it's about we're seizing the visual reinforcers with the messages of um of of what jesus is saying to us i'm sure that you know that in some areas of education, people talk about um, visual learners. H- Hans, are you a visual learner? You know, I'm not saying that you don't read um, and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm saying that some people seem to be helped and enhanced by visual learning. And very often, a teacher on a, on a, on a window or, or a vision statement or some of our banners. To act justly to show mercy and to walk humbly, the prophecy in Micah, He has showed you a man what is good, what does the Lord want from you? to act justly to show mercy and to
1: walk humbly with God. Now last
2: week, uh, we sang with the children. We were singing about the banner. Of Jesus, that we pray will be lifted up across our land and our island home and our world. The banner of his truth, the banner of his love. And so, we invest our ministries for the Lord to increasingly draw men, women, young people to himself. And I, I love Psalm 1. Which lays a, a tremendous foundation for Galatians five. Because Psalm one actually gives us a timely prompt on what the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians five actually is. Because this person in Psalm one will bear fruit in season. The fruit Is the character of God, the character of the Lord, the character that is developed as we see in Psalm 1 because we are sinking our roots deeply into God's presence and God's Word and God causes the fruit in season. This is your season, now, the season of your life, the season of my life, and we are called of God to be people who sit with him, who go deep with God, so that we may increasingly be more like him, because that's what he does. Become more like him in our world view our value system, our attitudes, expressions and behaviours. We don't just say as we like or do as we like anymore because we are people who are sinking our roots deep into fellowship with God so we are constantly drinking in from God's scriptures and from God's influence on us by his spirit as to what his Attitude. What his approach would be in his world, and so he is developing his family this way. You know that phase when daddy was the hero, when mummy was the hero, and you couldn't do anything wrong. You couldn't. Say anything, it was delightful. But we were thinking, I, we're, we're hoping that we're worthy models at home. You know, how we behave, what we say. You know, kids can get past mummies and daddies not being perfect. They get they understand, they know that. But what what we want to be as grandparents now are worthy models, worthy heroes. As these wee ones look up with childlike faith, you know, we're we're not going to say, No, you you run on, I have something to do. We're going to pick them up or get down beside them. We're going to spend a a precious moment or two with them. To become increasingly of the qualities of the fruit of Christ's love within us and through us. Because as one teacher said, we're not buckets with a private faith. We are watering cans
1: with a faith to share,
2: and as we keep sharing our faith with everyone we meet, God keeps on replenishing what's in the watering can. But we are called to be people who give out, we're giving out, and I know you're going to be using your hoses. To water your plants and your watering can. you go. was that he said again? Oh yeah, these wee plants would be floundering if it wasn't for the watering can. So these wee plants, these wee lives, these big lives all around us, we'd be floundering in the world if it wasn't for the influence of God's refreshing water into us and through us become increasingly of the qualities of the fruit of Christ's love. Psalm 1 also shows us that we can't force grow or fabricate the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It really does concern me that scientists these days and big sponsors are sponsoring um, these genetic type crops. I'd love to say to them, it's okay. We've been growing spuds
1: for centuries. You know?
2: Animals have been fed with good green grass since creation came about. Why do we suddenly need scientifically
1: enhanced genetic? I don't get it.
2: I don't get it. I don't really think that that, you know, the yield side of things, well, if you need more feed, plant more seed. That's what strikes me. You know, we don't need people to fiddle with the genetics of our animals. What's it going to do? You know, I don't think we fully understand. We have to be very careful with these things. Nicky Gumbel puts things very well in his Alpha course. And he said one thing about the fruit of the Spirit. And it stuck with me all these years. He said, as we cooperate, God will cultivate.
1: He thought that was just brilliant. He should be a lawyer. He, he
2: re- I think he was a lawyer, actually. He left law and went into the church. Um, but the thing about it is that that kind of phrase sticks with us you know if if we cooperate God will cultivate and that's really bringing us back to this this whole thing that God wants our cooperation so that he can cultivate in us more and more of the character of Christ in ourselves in our churches in our fellowships and isn't this the picture the banner headline of Psalm 1 that the blessed character who yields fruit in season, is the one who spends time with God, cooperating with God, cooperating with his word, cooperating in fellowship with the Lord, sinking his roots of his life and of his values, even of his weaknesses, bringing them before the Lord, bringing the anxieties and concerns to the Lord, bringing his potentials and his attitudes to God, and he is the one who is realigned, strengthened to overcomers, aren't we? Overcomers? We have all the challenges in life. God's Spirit in us helps us to be overcomers. The theologians, of course, inform us that this process of, of, of God's Spirit working in us that we may bear the fruit of Jesus is called the process of sanctification and it lasts our whole lives. We may have come to faith in the Lord, and Jesus has forgiven us, and has justified us, but this process of growing and becoming more like Jesus is a whole life thing. Until that moment, love it, in the twinkling of the eye, we're made new. You know, whatever that means in terms of of really being made perfect in the twinkling of an eye. So when we get to Galatians and read of the segments of God's fruit of love expressed in inner Christian life, then ministering, the watering can, to the outer, ministering, we pray into a greater Awareness of God's grace. And we love others. We're joyful people. We're we're more patient. Any of the fellows here ever receive a wee nudge from dearly beloved to say, you should be more patient? No, I didn't think so. Um, Just
1: me then? Don't be too cross any takers for that one
2: no I didn't think so all right okay I'll have to take this sermon down to Hell's Bay then to get the faithfulness gentleness and self control becoming increasingly the hallmark of our lives the fruit of the spirit I guess it leaves us asking am I like this in my life Am I cooperating with God so that he can cultivate in me the fruit of his spirit?
1: And that, that's big.
2: And the fruit of the spirit, love, and all the segments of love, is absolutely consistent with what Paul taught about the gifts of the spirit. You don't separate the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. Some people are in danger of doing that. I, I don't really understand the gifts bit, but I'm all into the fruit. And Paul actually in writing First Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 said, no, wait a wee minute, it's all part of the same package. God wants to bless the church as a growing people in the fruit of love so that the gifts of the church are expressed lovingly. That's basically what he was saying, that our motivation is love, that everything we do is love. It's not, here's me who's like me, oh, you want to be like me? It's... it's it's us knowing why God has gifted us you always know somebody who can come alongside other people they have a gift from God they can come alongside other people and the next thing these people are just talking to them and you know I've, I feel like I've known you all my life you know that sort of development that's God working through people and in lots of other ways to people who say things who you know along the prophetic line now you may you may you don't need to take this on board if it's not for you but i you know i just get the impression when i'm with you god saying that he wants you to know that he loves you very deeply and you don't need to worry about that i don't know if you have any worries but if there's something that's really and sometimes it's how did they know how did they know i've been bent double with concern about x y and z it's great to know that god knows so 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 was described by another Anglican scholar and and minister as uh, the honey sandwich. Love's in the middle, bringing meaning and purpose and holding the gifts of God's Spirit together, whatever that gifting may be. So, God bless you and encourage you. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not pride. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never ends. That is so in alignment with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can't force it we can't fabricate it we have to sit with god and as we do so as we fellowship together in god he does it he grows this fruit so that in season in the season of our lives we can be as fruitful for the lord as possible so i suppose if i was putting a, a, a title on it i'd say the root determines the fruit Think it deep, think it deep and God will do the rest. And our closing praise is Spirit of God unseen as the wind. Close of the service let's say the Lord's Prayer together and then I'll round off with the benediction let us pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may grace, mercy, and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen.